Ladies and gentlemen, live from Manchester, your hosts Josh Sandy and James Herdman present The Final Cut. Hello, this is The Final Cut uh, with Josh Sandy and James Herdman. We're back again. Turn that way up. Way, 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 way up. Alright, that sounds very good. Yeah, I can just value that. Alright, how is it going guys? Back with the final cut again. Here to give you all the film information and opinions you could ever want. <laughs> what has been going on with you, Josh? I've been to see, uh, what have I been to see this week? I've been to watch The Hate You Give uh, last Sunday. That was, we'll talk about that in a minute. And I saw Bohemian Rhapsody last night. I have seen basically nothing. I tried the best of effort to see Halloween earlier today. Now this is a little tip for you. If you're ever going to see a film that... You might think the projector might be broken for. Maybe inquire beforehand, because it was about 2 o'clock today, and we popped, we popped down to the View Cinema in Printworks, went to get a ticket for Halloween, and Im- amazingly, they broke, the projector was broken. How, do you, how, how is the projector broken in a cinema? It's their only job to keep one thing fixed. Well, so considering that's the View, which has about 23 screens, how <laughs> have another empty screen is beyond me. Yeah, it's so shocking. That's, that's why I would always recommend, if you're going anywhere, go to home cinema. The projector quality is just miles better, and, well, they just, they're just never going to tell you it's broken. But tell me, the hate you give, how is it? It was good. I um, went, yeah, last Sunday. I went at 10 o'clock in the morning, which is a very weird time to watch this film in the cinema. Yeah, what, what, were, you doing, what were you doing up so early? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had a preview thing that I got, so I could go out and watch it for free. Oh, not bad, not bad. Yeah, so, I, I, still haven't, I still haven't made use of the, the free previews you keep telling me about. <laughs> no, it was good, yeah. Um, I don't know, I just I have some thoughts about it. I think, honestly, it was a film of two halves. You had half of the film, which was sort of a very interesting look at sort of... Um, uh, police brutality and violence and sort of Black Lives Matter kind of thing and you had another half which was just a bit kind of normal about a sort of high school drama I think that was my problem oh, with right, it really. oh, right. I, I, I see what you mean any 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 notable cast members uh, had um, you know Anthony Mackie he was, no I do not what has he, he done he's Falcon in uh, the X, um, X-Men Avengers films Oh, oh, yeah, I know, I know who you mean, I know who you mean. Yeah, the thing, the thing about the hate you give is, I was at the cinema the other day, and the the one. What on earth is this noise? I don't know if you can hear that while you're sort of listening to this, <laughs> but there's a really, really heavy bass kind of thing, it's, and the entire room <laughs> is shaking around us. It's like someone's drilling through the SU right now. It's very weird. Yeah, that's very strange. But yeah, the the hate you give. I was I was at the cinema the other day and. The trailers were all coming on, and my friend, my friend is very, very against watching trailers ever. It's just something he doesn't do. He'll read reviews and um, not watch trailers, but I'm the other way. I love trailers, but I never read reviews. But the Hate You Give trailer came on, and I felt it did maybe give away quite a large aspect of the film. Was that the case? Uh, I feel like it did, it did give away that bit, but that bit was a bit sort of... Um, it was kind of obvious anyway. I think oh, that was, right. it was very... It was sort of... The way the film is set, it's very obvious what it's going to be about by that point. Mm. And I think, obviously I had seen it, but I think ultimately <laughs> it didn't ruin it that much. Cause I don't think the, the film isn't about the act itself, it's more about the response to it, it and the sort of subsequent stuff about that. Do you think it'll get any Oscar noms? I don't think it'll get any Oscar noms because I think that was the main problem with it though. I think because uh, obviously it's based on a book that was originally by, and I didn't write that down, <laughs> but um, yeah, the book is originally by someone who obviously... Yeah, and it's sort of a sort of a young adult book. Oh right, so oh, right. It's sort of uh, weirdly enough, it actually has someone who's in the Hunger Games. 
Really? The main character is called Amanda Stenberg. She was really oh, the Hunger so, Games, apparently. So she's becoming one of those characters that is now typecast in the young adult literature know, film adaptation. But judging from her performance in that, I think she could go quite far. I thought it was quite good. Oh, no. she, was very, she was probably one of the highlights of it. The, the future J-Law. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. Doing but I think I think that was the problem. I don't know if... I think that's the problem a lot of adults have if they watch it I think it was quite a lot of it was like there was some very thingy bits with like high school oh, she's right. in high school and then it's just sort of like it's sort of the kind of like 13 reasons why Riverdale oh, kind god. of oh god it doesn't it doesn't just descend into the pointless high school novelty and it does some of it does <laughs> and that's my issue with it and also it's like to be fair, she has a boyfriend in it like she's obviously black and has a white boyfriend oh, right, and that's yeah. sort of a plot point in it <laughs> but like originally you watch the beginning bit with her boyfriend and he's the most dislikable person just, <laughs> weirdly enough he's, he's just played, awful he's pl- played by the person who's the star of Riverdale that is just terrible. How have they? Of, how have they got this going? But no, to be fair, like he does become a very over the course of the film, he does become quite a sympathetic character. And you have to quite like him towards the end. I think, By the yeah. time you've warmed him, oh, do they really? Do they really just introduce him as just awful and yeah? Just, I, that is the just like they, know, they, they just make the premise totally. You do not like this man. Make sure you like him by the end. I think that was the thing I disliked about it the most. Was sort of like I think it's probably because of me. I don't think the young adult high school aspect is not going to appeal to me yeah. because I'm not from America and I'm not a girl and I'm not or I'm not someone who would who would generally enjoy that kind of thing. Yeah, that's the thing like I've just been I've just been rewatching Skins again, which I'm sure I do about yearly. And it is nice sometimes with the young adult type of things like taking you back to being 17 again. But with the American style stuff, yeah, I just I find I can never relate to it. I never really got into Skins. I watched the first couple series. I just found all the characters intensely dislikable. Yeah, I think the the problem with Skins was definitely the lack of acting ability. What did these lack? Of, I don't know if it's lack of acting. I just found them all unbearably irritating. The thing Especially is, the main guy in the first two series, he's played oh, by Oh Tony, Tony by Nicholas Holt. Yeah, he's just a horrible yeah. person. Yeah, Tony is. He's like, how do I describe him? He's like a beta alpha male. <laughs> he's like the leader of the group, but a bit of a dweeb all the same. <laughs> and it, it's interesting, Skins. It is all a bit just very over the top, but I totally recommend it to someone that had. And you've got to watch it at least once. It's like super bad. <laughs> yeah, just, I think you, yeah. You yeah. have to see some of these films once. It's definitely worth watching. I think it's just sort of it was a very defining genre of oh yeah film, of uh, TV. Sorry, and you got to remember some of the actors out of Skins just did absolutely amazing things after. Like Daniel Kaluuya did Get Out, and oh, he, yeah, I he's in the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah he he's the... he's a posh Kenneth, I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, Nicholas Holt obviously went very far, and two of them were in Game of Thrones. Are they the ones that played Cassie and the one that played Chris? Every, yeah. every British actor's been in Game of Thrones, though. Yeah, I always I do like that about Game of Thrones. I haven't watched. I've only maybe watched like two seasons, but I do like how incredibly British it is. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the hate you give. My favourite part of it is there's um that's sort of the main bad guy is played by Anthony Mackie, mm. and there's his daughter is played by an actress called Dominique Fishback, and there's a bit in it that sort of I was very really weird. Cause he sort of pulls up in a car and she's there, and she like leans to the window, kisses him, and then goes, "Thanks, Daddy." And I cool. thought this is some kind of weird thing, but then <laughs> but actually it's actually her father oh and, right. I, and i didn't realize that until like they do sort of explain it later in the film so then when i got back i looked it up uh, anthony mackie is 40 and she is 27 so unless uh, he's oh. her father when he was 13 <laughs> that's very, uh, how, how old are they meant to be in the in the film well she's meant to be his daughter so, so they're meant to have a good 20 20 yeah. 30 years between them it just made absolutely no sense yeah i do find that strange like in in a star is born i remember that 
Bradley Cooper, he he's with his he's with his brother on tour, I believe it is, and him and the him and the actor look like they have about 30, 40 years between them. <laughs> like he looks, he doesn't look young, but he looks young, he looks young enough and kind of rugged. But his brother looks basically elderly. <laughs> like you 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 see him, and you're sure it's his dad, but obviously it's his brother. And it's I find it interesting in films when you just sometimes it's so clear, but then you're like, actually, how how on earth are these two meant to be related in this? <laughs> yeah, another part of the film I found. Cl- quite irritating is she has a friend who's played by uh, she's from Disney Channel called Sabrina Carpenter oh god never heard she, of she, she does sound like she's from Disney Channel yeah she does have <laughs> she has a singing career as well Sabrina and she sort of acts as the sort of um, foil of sort of the sort of you know the kind of people like when they say Black Lives Matter yeah. she's the kind of All Lives Matter kind of person oh the weird has, Trump supporter has, a, yeah sort of has absolutely no conception of why <laughs> it would be wrong for it to happen and stuff and then you sort of you're supposed to dislike her because of her ignorant views <clears> but you just dislike her entirely oh, she's right. such a dis- horrible individual <laughs> for the entire film even that the bits where she's meant to be nice just oh yeah yeah it's not just didn't work <laughs> didn't do much for me <laughs> did you have any did you have any big highlights of the film did you i think overall the sort of message of the film was very good yeah. and there were some very standout bits and i think that i don't know i think i think obviously what having watching having watched black clansman as well yeah there's been a sort of a, a, a litany of sort of um racial kind of films oh yeah and blind spotting don't forget that i'll yeah. plug that quickly <laughs> <laughs> classic and yeah i think yeah i think that's the thing i think there is I've been a lot of films at this year and i've watched quite a lot of them and i really enjoy them yeah it is it is very interesting the new like whole like challenging racial stereotypes and looking into the black lives matter but problems. I know, just for me personally and i think this is the problem it'll have in terms of award season as well mm. is that just the whole young adult kind of high school yeah. kind of there's just bits of it that you just think that this is just like obviously it's a serious film and there are amazing bits in it and amazing performances especially to be fair to give Amanda Stenberg credit the bit where the person does get shot yeah. was genuinely very affecting yeah yeah I, I can see what you mean do you reckon do you reckon they didn't make it quite Oscar bait enough they definitely didn't make it quite <laughs> they Oscar did, bait they didn't enough, make right? it Oscar bait at all it had the potential it had it the did. Black Lives Matter be, topic no, but <laughs> I don't think even even in terms of like not just because it's about that subject that yeah. makes it Oscar worthy I think it is genuinely a very good film mm. like, I reckon I, if I watched and cut out all the high school bits I think I would have enjoyed <laughs> it significantly more how long was it it was just over two hours, I think. So if you cut out all the high school bits, maybe you could have got it down to one and a half. Yeah, but there isn't necessary because there's sort of I will explain sort of somewhat that there's um, the whole point of that bit is that she has two. She lives in like a sort of a rougher neighbourhood, but yeah. then her family send her to like a nice school. Oh, right. and the whole thing oh. is like her having to change between the two people. Yeah, sort of yeah. the one at school and the one at home, <laughs> and that sort of I think because obviously they do it quite well with um, grading the footage as well. Oh yeah, like yeah, that's meant to be really light and then sort of darker and it's just sort of. And then I don't know maybe the point is to find it quite jarring the juxtaposition between them, which is true. But I just think that ultimately for me just some of it was a bit sort of over the top and sort of <laughs> yeah, a bit unnecessary in yeah. parts well i have recently been to see venom <laughs> and now if we're talking about oscar bait this is about as far from award winning <laughs> as you can imagine the thing with venom is i remember i remember actually seeing the trailer thinking this actually has the potential to be half all right it doesn't look like the worst thing in the world and obviously you see it and it's got it's got tom hardy in and Riz Ahmed and it's got some of my favourite actors going on and then I went in and my friend I was with was a bit he was a bit under the weather I don't think in fact I remember we weren't even going to go see Venom we were going to we were going to go see again missed Halloween we were going to see Halloween my Uber was late and then we were going to see Johnny English Strikes Back missed that 
because probably it for the best. Too busy. Have you seen it? No, but I've read some very <laughs> scathing criticism is of that the, film. Is it, the, is it the third or the second Johnny it's English? The third one. The first one's Johnny the English, third. which I actually like. The second one is Johnny English Reborn. And that's what Daniel Cleary does, aren't you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I've seen that one. That one is not that good. And this one's apparently just absolutely. The thing is, the, John, the Johnny English films were. Like, I just remember the first one when I was a kid and it being great. I just remember it on ITV2 <coughs> every weekend. It was just the funniest thing in the world. Mr. Bean's Holiday and then Johnny English. They were just hilarious. I thought Rowan Atkinson was amazing. I couldn't have told you who he was at the time. But yeah, we managed to we managed to miss Johnny English Reborn. And the last option was Venom. And I thought, ah, Venom might not be that bad. And then you go into it and it's one of those films that obviously you start he starts so high then he goes so low and then venom's involved and it's so strange and it's like if i had been 12 years old again i would have enjoyed it so much it has all the action you could want in a kid's superhero film but you got to go into it thinking it is a kid's film it is other than that is is an absolute mess do you think <laughs> the flaw really fu- is fundamentally that they should have not aimed it at like a 12a audience it should have been a more darker it's kind a- of it's a, kind it's of a 15 and it's it, 15 yeah it is a 15 i remember being quite surprised when it came up that it was a 15 and i i just thought like so many parts in it. it now i remember we were talking about pacing issues in first man the other the other week and the 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 pacing issues in first man pale in comparison to the pacing issues in venom venom is just so poorly paced it's like it starts with him and his girlfriend he's engaged and he's got a good job and life's going well and obviously he's built so high up and then the smallest little inconvenience you could you could literally say the smallest inconvenience happens and he just gets dropped to the bottom of society and Oh, Venom, Venom, I don't know, is he, a, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? I think that's just... kind of the point, isn't it? Sort of like an anti-hero. Well, isn't the trailer for the film? Yeah, like this... it, does, it, it does try to do him as an anti-hero. But the highlight of it is definitely definitely Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is just great in it, as he is in basically everything. And Riz Ahmed's not bad, but Riz Ahmed has got some outstanding performances to challenge. And obviously Venom isn't going to quite challenge I that. Liked, um, I did enjoy... Riz Ahmed in the film with Four the- Lions <laughs> yeah actually that's good and so is the uh, the camera one Oh, Nightcrawler. That's, yeah. Yes, I love really Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is on definitely my top recommended list. And the interesting thing about Nightcrawler, I just remembered, was I don't know if Jake Gyllenhaal got nominated for an Oscar, which I believe he should have because he was incredible in it. He actually changed person, I'm sure. He was a different man. He was I think, evil. Uh, yeah, I think generally for like a non-horror film, yeah. that film is really disturbing. It is terrifying. It's so unsettling. It's so strange. And there's no reason for it to be unsettling, mm. of what he's, but it's just so just, he's just so good in it. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is just an amazing actor. But yeah, with Venom, it was just... It was... Honestly, it could have, I could have directed it. It was just such a mess. And just some of the parts made... I know it's a superhero film. It's not all meant to make scientific or logical sense. But some of the parts were just ridiculous. You're just watching it, and one minute something completely normal is happening, and then aliens! <laughs> and you wonder where these have come from. And... Oh, God... Uh, it's fun. It's a fun watch. I'll give it a five and a half out of ten as a fun watch. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those films that definitely. I think it's one of those films that you definitely want to watch. Just sort of if you just have nothing yeah. better to do, you put it on, and it's probably quite sort of. If they do tie, end up tying it into the yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I don't know if the they re- will. Yeah, from the reviews, I'm not holding up any <laughs> hopes for that actually happening. But. Yeah, the thing is, they should tie Tom Hardy as Venom into the universe but maybe nothing to do with the actual plot of the movie <laughs> maybe completely forget the whole venom plot and then get him going in the 
in the cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, I think that's sort of the sort of what they probably would have to do considering the Yeah, did you did you ever watch did you ever watch the new Spider Man? With the young kid. Yeah, yeah, I watched that one. Yeah, was it good. good? It is. Uh, Michael Keaton's the bad guy. He's very good. In it. Oh, I love Michael Keaton. Yeah, he's I've genuinely like. I've got a T-shirt with him as as Birdman on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just think yeah, the uh, Homecoming with um, Tom Holland as Spider-Man is yeah. very good. Yeah, so sort of, it was weird because I watched um, Infinity War before I actually watched ah. uh, Homecoming. See, I should have done that when I watched Infinity War. I never bothered to go back and watch a lot of the Marvel films. I just had no idea what was going on, but it was good. It, I I must say that the Marvel universe is is quite decent. But I feel, don't you feel they'll run out of things eventually? I think <laughs> after this one, I don't think they're. I mean, obviously they'll carry it on for money's sake. But yeah. I think if they were, if I was a if I was a less cynical person, I would think that now would probably be the time after Infinity War, maybe just yeah. cut it out. That's the thing. Like, I, I also think about... The thing is, my opinion is completely different when we start talking about X-Men, because I love the first three X-Men films, and I really don't like Logan, but most people aren't a big fan of the X-Men, but they love Logan. I bet you like Logan. I really enjoyed Logan, yeah. <laughs> Why did you enjoy Logan? Because it's just less... It's just, I don't know, I think I, I was at a point of that, when I watched that, I think I was at a point where I was just so sort of oversaturated with superhero films. Yeah. I thought that was kind of different. And also you could say, oh, Deadpool's different, but I really don't like Deadpool that much. Deadpool, I love it. Really? <laughs> it's everything what? I want from a superhero film. You'd rather watch Deadpool than... Logan, obviously. <laughs> yeah. The thing the thing with Logan, I just remember it being so viciously depressing. <laughs> oh yeah, it is it is ultimately. <laughs> and like seeing seeing Professor X in that state is just so so sad. He's so decrepit. And he just oh god, it's it wasn't a happy film at all. No, it's it's it particularly bleak. Like the, the, the first three X Men films, although they do get worse from one to two to three, they definitely are some of my favourite superhero films. They're just the thing is with a superhero film, I kind of want that aspect of cheesy action and just ridiculous goings on and plot lines that just don't make much sense, but they're doing it just for the fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean I watched um what did you watch, Josh? What did you watch? I was going to say, I was going to talk about X-Men again. <laughs> I was going to say, I... Oh, yeah, have you watched the trailer for um, Phoenix? Uh, no, I have not. It does it, does does it look good? No, it does not. <laughs> it has a person from Game of Thrones. It's, it's, it's always Jean Grey. It's impressive when you when you manage to watch a, a trailer for something that do, doesn't look good. Like normally they put the best bits in the trailer, but when my, it's when it's just the bad bits. My personal favorite things. I remember what I think I watched the trailer the day after it came out, mm. and then after I'd watched the trailer, went on typed it into the internet, and the first thing that came up was they'd pushed pushed the date back for release, mm. presumably so they could re-edit the film because wow. the response to the trailer was that awful. That is just terrible. When you said the, the person from Game of Thrones, do you mean uh, what's the Sophie Turner? Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. She was yeah. in, um, yeah, she's Jean Grey in the other one, didn't she? In, yeah. yeah. If she's in Apocalypse, can I bother watching no, it? No, was that with the, the massive bloke? The, the, the huge. Egy- the the huge, Egyptian ones. Yeah, yeah that, that, hit, that hits and smashes stuff. Huge guy, huge, a bit of a monster. Yeah, I don't think, I, I, I know what you mean. I'm not sure. I, yeah, I, I don't think I did see Apocalypse, but just the X Men's in general, they just, the I think First Class was quite good. Yeah, I did enjoy yeah. first class, and also um, days of future past. Quite yeah, it's because they, they got in. They got in James McAvoy, and they got in Michael Fassbender to play. Basically, they all they already had Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen as the hero and anti and anti hero, and then they got in two great actors from the next generation to play them again. So it was never really going to go wrong with that. <laughs> no, I think I think they really did kind of pull it mm. off quite well. As sort of, it is actually weird, sort of watching their performances. Is you can sort of tell they are quite linked to yeah. It was quite nice. Yeah, I think also the thing about that was good about uh, Apocalypse was some of this just not Apocalypse the 
Future's past. Future past, yeah. Um, I think he was good in it. Um, the guy who was also in Game of Thrones, Peter Dinklage. Oh, yeah, villain, yeah, yeah. Peter, Peter Dinklage Surprisingly quite good. good. I quite enjoyed that. And it also had... Um, oh, my goodness. I Who plays um, the, the fast kid? He he goes. Really oh, he's the guy in um, American Horror Story, isn't it? Yeah, him. Evan Peters. Yeah, Evan Peters. Yeah. I really like Evan Peters. I love the scenes, the thing he the quicksilver yeah. scenes. He's a very he's a, yeah quicksilver. That's it. He's a very strange guy, Evan Peters. I saw a, I saw a film with him recently, a heist film, which look that up. In fact, Evan Peters in a heist film. Was that the Owls one? It was the, the art gallery one. Yes, it was the art gallery one. Yeah, it wasn't was it something to the Owls? Yeah. I'll look it up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Evan Evan Peters is quite an quite an interesting actor. He's got that sort of weird look to him <laughs> that he always looks a bit creepy, and he plays the kind of creepy character quite well. But he's also kind of likable at the same time. Now, American Animals. Yeah, American Animals was shot very interestingly. I don't know if I talked about this before, but it was done in a way that it had it, it was it's based on a true story more or less, and it had the the real people that committed the crimes. Um, it basically, you'd see a scene, you'd see a scene or a few scenes, and then a new character be introduced, and it cut to an interview with the real person that the character's based on. And the actors actually did a really good job of portraying these characters because it's all about college students that try pulling off this heist. And it, it oh, it, you know, you know, in a heist film when your heart is just going and you just feel so unnerved because these guys are literally our age and they're trying to pull off a huge heist and there's just some really grim scenes. Like I thought it'd kind of just be a bit of a stupid film, but it's not bad. And Evan Peters is great in it. He plays this really strange control freak type of character where he just he's kind of running the show all while being completely disorganized about the whole situation. <laughs> I'm quite excited to watch that actually, because there really is a good a lack of good uh, heist films. Yeah, like King of Thieves. <laughs> it was not much that bad. It wasn't that bad. King of Thieves wasn't w- the worst thing in the world. It was just so British, wasn't it? And it was so long. Yeah, that film was excessive <laughs> beyond measure. It did go on a bit. It just the t- the stuff at the end, just where they were just betraying each other again yeah. and again. Yeah. It was just sort of they just done it to death. I was I was thinking, Josh, have you ever had to tell someone to? Shut up in a cinema. <laughs> I haven't. No, I don't like physical confrontations. So I'm just scared for that kind of thing. Yeah, they because... pull out a knife on me. <laughs> to be fair, that is your fear that when going to view or Odeon, there might be some shadier people there. Home, harmless, but again, they're all silent there. But I remember in view when I was going to see when I saw King of Thieves, there were these two really rough-looking teenagers right of us, and they were just on Instagram, on their phones, shouting about how fit some girl was on their phones, and I was just like, should I say something, should I say something? It's kind of in the middle of a film, but eventually we did just move. But I was, talk- I was talking to my friend, friend Jacob, and he said, he said he once had to actually tell someone to be quiet. It was like a couple, and they were just just talking to each other, being all laughy and giggly, and uh, he was just like, can you please just quieten down can you we're in a cinema just <laughs> shut up what are you doing <laughs> i sometimes think that like when i when i watch a film i occasionally like, you know lean over make a comment maybe laugh about something i'm like am i annoying people near me but i never i never have my phone on because it's always out of battery <laughs> i always just go obscure times i'm when, like me and the person i go with they're usually the only people in there yeah, yeah even yesterday like i saw bohemian rhapsody which we'll get on to later and i must i went to six o'clock showing yesterday and it only came out on Wednesday, and it was still pretty empty. Oh, my My friend saw it at midnight. I, th- I feel like it m- could have honestly been the night it came out. They, they saw a midnight showing, 
And yeah, that that is a film of many mixed reviews. I have I've I've seen the trailer about three or four times. Now the thing is, I I grew up in well, it was just me and my mum, and my mum loved Queen when I was growing up. She loved Freddie Mercury as a person. She loved Queen. She didn't even listen to Queen that much. She listened to a few albums, but I think she just had this mad obsession with Freddie Mercury. So I always I I always grew up thinking of Freddie Mercury as like the greatest man to have ever lived, sort of thing. So I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, and I don't. Something about it, I don't want to see it if it ends up me going, ooh, it wasn't that great, actually. I think the thing, <laughs> if we want to talk about it now, we can yeah. get onto it, but I think the thing about The Rember, I think, is if you like Queen, mm. you'll love the film. Yeah. And I think, and obviously, I, I do really, like Queen I really quite like a bit. Queen music, so I really, I enjoyed the film. Like, it was a really good thing to see. I watched it on Friday night, you know. Yeah. It's really good for that kind of thing. But if you're going to watch a Freddie Mercury biopic, that isn't it. Really? It really? just isn't. It just, no, it's just... The problem is, I think, especially because uh, the production team is basically um, Roger Taylor and... Brian, Brian May. Sort of John Deacon? Is no, he involved? Not involved at all. <laughs> of course. He's pretty he, much like reclusive now, isn't he? Yeah, he, he was reclusive when they were a band, to my memory. He just, he just, he was always the quiet one. No one... Most people couldn't name him if you asked yeah, them. Yeah, and the them. problem is the fact they're involved with it and they want to portray the whole band in a certain light. Oh. And the fact it's a 12A as well... It's just been oh, so you don't get all the crazy stories we talked about. Absolutely uh, none yeah. of those. That's the problem. That's my that was my problem with it. Is that if you're going to watch it for that, if you want to see a serious thing about Freddie Mercury's life, don't bother. Do you think it would have been better with Sasha? I think that's the thing. That's what the point <laughs> is to make is that the reason why I can see why he left. Oh right, yeah, because I did hear he had disagreements with Brian May about a few of the things. Well, it was the whole thing was that he wanted to turn it into like a serious kind of a look at his actual. Yeah. What well, is the thing about like the drug? drug use and stuff yeah is that in the film it's hinted at a little bit oh and they don't really they don't get deep and dark into it but obviously we can't say it now but if you google freddie mercury and sort of that kind (laughs) of thing there's some very interesting stories about the parties he used to throw yes to do with i imagine stuff of that nature (laughs) and obviously none of that can be included in this film because it's just a 12a and also they just it's some of it is completely made up Really? I mean, I actually looked it up, it really annoyed me. There's just outright fictional parts? Well, it's sort of not... Just, just to paint them in a good light? Not fictional, not exactly fictional, but some bits are just a bit like... Well, it's just the whole thing about... Um, the sort of whole premise of the film is them doing Live Aid. Oh, Obviously, right. famously in 1985. Yeah. And obviously, in the film, it obviously shows him getting his diagnosis with AIDS. But that was way later, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? In, yeah, in real life. It basically basically showed that he got the diagnosis about a month before Live Aid and did Live Aid's his final ever thing. But it wasn't. It's they not, had, not they, they had another album or two after yeah. that, didn't they? He didn't find out he had AIDS until 1987. Yeah, yeah. So and he, just, when, when did he die? Was it 91? 91. 91, yeah. Yeah, to be fair, just on a side point, the Live Aid concert is ridiculous. Have you ever watched it? I've watched some of it. And also, to be fair, I was going to say that's the highlight of the film. <laughs> really? That at the end, they pretty much do the entire set. Oh, wow. And it's so good. Like, I think I did look it up, how they did the singing voice. And it is a cross, it's sort of a mix between Rami Malek, who plays Freddie Mercury's actual voice, uh, Freddie Mercury's actual voice, and then as well, they add into it a singer whose name I've forgotten. He's not really famous, but I think he's oh, just right. a singer. Just a, and just a singer that knows how to put the right tone on. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. What did you What did you think of Rami Malek in other things? Have you seen him in Mr. Robot? I haven't. No, I haven't seen that. Well, Mr. Robot is. I remember. I remember watching it, thinking this is just absolutely ridiculous. This is so amazing. Like the first series of Mr. Robot. Not to give anything away. There's some big twists and turns going on. But I think it was the first thing I watched on Amazon Prime. And it's just so intriguing. It's all about these hackers and the relationships between them. And the relationship between 
him and this and this strange man that's running the whole hacking operation. And Rami Malek does really well at portraying that really aw- socially awkward weirdo. You know the 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 the, the struggling man, the, the man in his twenties working the not bad job. Money's all right. His relationships are a bit terrible, and it's just so great. And season two is pretty great as well. I don't even know if season three's out, but Mister Robot is really quite a masterpiece from from Rami Malek. Yeah, I think Rami Malek is really good as Freddie Mercury. Mm. Like if you've ever seen anything of Freddie Mercury, he does portray it incredibly well. Like <clears> especially <throat> the movement and dancing and stuff. Obviously, he's got a professional yeah. choreographer and whatever, but it is like some of the, especially when he's on stage and like messing around yeah. with the microphone on the stand that is pretty much if you <laughs> I, watched it you could think that was actually Freddie Mercury I thought I thought Rami looked a bit he looked a bit odd in it don't you think <laughs> he's got these, like, Freddie Mercury did look quite odd though yeah he wasn't the most normal looking at it I just thought when I, when, I, when I think of Sasha Baron Cohen playing him I just think he'd look so much so much better <laughs> I was just thought just think of Borat <laughs> I don't know if he could just pull it off that I, well I, 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 I don't I don't know I, I don't often think of Borat for Sasha Baron Cohen I don't know who I think of I, th- I kind of think of his interviews a lot just him being funny on the Graham Norton show and mm. whatnot <laughs> especially as, as well as wearing Malik as well I also think you should definitely give credit to um, uh, Willem Lee is Brian May oh yeah he, he so in the trailers good. he did look a lot oh, like it's him so, it's so creepy he looks exactly <laughs> like him he sounds exactly like him <laughs> like the rest of the, the other two members uh, one of them is played by uh, Ben Hardy who used to be in oh. EastEnders he is also in X-Men Apocalypse yeah. he's the guy with wings and that and I can't remember the person who plays Roger Deacon but he's fairly mm. forgettable <laughs> Weird, weird. But no, it's good. It's like, yeah, it's it's good to see sort of the stories behind the songs. Yeah. And it's really, there's some interesting bits and it's sort of, you watch it and you really do get behind the band. And it's sort of an emotion, it's, it's sort of cliche to say, but it's quite emotional. Is it, is, it an, is it incredibly British, as I might have imagined? It is, it does err <laughs> on that kind of level of sort of, you know, you can watch a film and just say it seems like a British film. Yeah. It yeah. has that kind of thing to it, which I think may hold it back somewhat. If you weren't English, would it be as, in, in, as enjoyable? Mm, maybe not as much. Like for an American audience. Yeah, maybe. I think it's very British. I, I, I remember hearing a while back that Queen never did quite as well in America because, you know, the uh, I Want to Break Free music video. Oh, they, they do address that in there, actually. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all dressed up in drag, aren't they? And yeah. drag, I don't think, goes down quite as well in the States. Like in England, it's just a standard part of theatre practice, but in, in the US, it's a bit. No, they do it's definitely more address the controversy of that. Yeah. And they do, yeah. Basically, if you think of any Queen song that's quite famous, they are all in the film. Yeah. It does explain the story behind quite a lot of them. Yeah. That, the must only, be, that must be quite nice. It is, but the only one they don't do, which is one of my favourites, they don't do Under Pressure. Oh, with uh, David Bowie. Yeah. Presumably yeah. it's because you can't really cast anyone as David Bowie yet. <laughs> he's, not, he's not quite old enough. <laughs> he's not quite dead long enough. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the real problem. <laughs> actually, that, and that is the one thing that I've actually realised after watching that film yesterday is that I don't think... I think it's incredibly, incredibly difficult to make a biopic of someone who isn't dead. Yes, completely. And once you start getting the involvement of people that have a vested interest in the way the story's told... Yeah. I did actually look it up when I was on the way here. I went on IMDb, looked at the top biopics. Yeah. 99% of them were, de- were dead by the time the biopic was made. Yeah. I, I also think the same applies to biographies in the sense I don't think biographies quite take effect when the person is still achieving so much in their life like an Elon Musk biography he's doing so many things right now his biography like I'd never want to buy that and read about that because he's just he's just doing waves in the world right now now Josh I was wanting to ask you this for a while what is your least favourite hugely popular film yeah we'll go with that (laughs) I'd have to go 100% unequivocally with Titanic because <laughs> I absolutely hate that film 
I love Titanic. Why do you not like it it's so just much? Most, it's obscenely long. It's <laughs> cliche. It's just absolutely... It's so it's, <laughs> I think it's become to the point now where qu- you can sort of quote it and then it's just... Oh, it's just such an irritating film. Because I, I always think that there are, there are certain films that are just... They're reviewed incredibly well. They did well at the box office. They won all the awards. And it's like, if you don't like them, there's something wrong with you almost. <laughs> that film is just a slog to get through. I love Titanic. I think it's great. I think it's a great love story. I think the acting's great. Leo's amazing. Kate Winslet as well, is mm. it? Yeah, she's great. It's just oh, those p- funny parts. There's that weird, like working class, middle class divide that's shown really well. It's it, oh, it's it's just obscenely long, and just some of it could definitely be cut out and just a complete. It's just bits of it. We just think it's just so cliche. <laughs> Incredibly, I actually saw Titanic in the cinema about. God, I was 15, six years ago when it had a re-release in the 3D? cinema. Or just uh, it, may, it may have been 3D, but I'm not sure. But I remember we we all met up when, when 15, goodness, I was in high school. Yeah, we were meant to see The Hunger Games, the first one, and we met up too late, missed that, and thought, well, the only thing going is Titanic. Better watch that. <laughs> and I loved it again. It's still... still still amazing <laughs> I just don't think it's as good as everyone says it is I think that's the problem with it I think obviously because I've when I watched it it had been out for ages and I think there was so much hype for it <laughs> I don't think I ever bought into the hype and I don't understand like because obviously it's May it is the highest second highest gross film of all time yeah. which implies people must have gone and seen it multiple times yeah it does why if I watched that film once a year it would still be too much <laughs> it's too long it's just it's a three hour thing of sort of like it's nice. It's nice to see the whole thing about Titanic. I like the story of it. The, yeah, it's interesting. It's just too long, and just the love story is just sickening. <laughs> I love a good sickening love story. Something well, absolutely cringeworthy on screen. And also the bit in the car with the hand. It oh, just, that's just iconic, that Josh. Just, what do you mean? Yeah, that anger. As the mate, and, and he paints her naked, and and you see one bit of nipple. And my friend used to say when he was a kid, and he'd see that, that scene. Bit. He'd see no, no. He'd see the scene as a kid. He'd go. And run out of the room. I think I say pause <laughs> when he was a proper child. <laughs> no, but when it comes to when it comes to incredibly like well reviewed films, I the, the, the on this topic, I, I hate it when people just they'll go oh Fight Club and Pulp Fiction. They're not that good. I'm like, what do you mean? They're amazing. <laughs> they are the good ones. The one I would say though is definitely something that I got over maybe over recommended at, at the time. And I completely went into it thinking it'd be something it wasn't. But Pan's Labyrinth, have you ever seen that? I haven't, no. No, it's I watched a... the new Guillermo del Toro one, Shape oh, of Water. Don't get me wrong, Guillermo, really Guillermo del that. Toro, he knows how to direct. But Pan's Labyrinth, I went into Pan's Labyrinth thinking it would be this amazing Spanish mystical fantasy type thing. That the child would go on an adventure and it'd be so incredible, and it just it just was not. It just did not. Not as much happened in it as I hoped. It was like beautifully shot and the dialogue was great and everything, but the actual storyline and the plot just did not captivate me as much as I might have hoped. And I thought it ended a, t- a touch abruptly. Like I I like my foreign films. Like recently I saw this very interesting French film called Raw which has the sort of theme that not many films have nowadays, which is which is cannibalism. <laughs> I'd recommend it to anyone that wants something that's a bit that's a bit brutal. Like it's set in it's actually quite an interesting setting. It's set in the first year of a French medical no, French veterinary college. French veterinary or medical, I'm not sure, but basically it's at university and they're all like medical French stu- medical or veterinary students and 
one of the girls is a cannibal. <laughs> and it's not like... It's, it's so... It's, that's an unnerving film. So is it a horror film, then? I, I don't know if you'd say horror. More of a thriller. I watched it. It was very dark in the room at the time. And I, I remember someone opened the door and I, I proper jumped back in shock thinking something was there but it's it's so strange and I think it being in French makes it because you know when you get American horror films they just seem cheesy and stupid and there's blood and gore everywhere but being in French there's a certain level of class to it and it just it's about two sisters and oh oh, oh. Oh, it's really quite grim to watch. But yeah, on the on the topic of Pan's Labyrinth, I think that is just wildly, wildly overrated. Do you know Guillermo del Toro was meant to direct the Hobbit films? Oh, that is a very good shout. He may have. No, he was meant to. Was he meant to? He didn't in the end. He ended up going back to Peter Jackson again. But he oh, yeah. pretty much got pretty much all the way there of just about to direct it. And really? Then dropped out I think, I think they've done did quite well. Did you... Did you watch it, the Hobbit films? I have seen them. I hate them. <laughs> I That's another sta- good one. I what, cannot stand them. What's so at fault with them? The, I don't. The first one is okay. The second one is <clears throat> far too long and irritating. <laughs> the third one I actually enjoyed. Oh, uh, because I, I, tr- I as a trilogy is just not. Really I, good. I remember I did. I did see the second. I never. I've never seen the first one, but I saw the second and the third in cinema. And I loved them. I thought they were nice little adventure stories. I thought they. I thought they were a lot quicker than, than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ex- I just think it's just it's sort of insulting in a way that Peter Jackson decided to take a book that is a single book and then turn it into three two and a half hour what's, long films. What's what's the dragon called out of the Hobbit? Smaug. Smaug. Now, interesting thing about Smaug, I currently have zero tattoos, but there's only I think two tattoos I want to get, and one of them is I literally just want to get Smaug from the Hobbit from the book there's a little drawing of him at the start just on my left forearm I don't know why since I was a child because we always had a copy of the Hobbit in the house which I never read <laughs> I just always saw this picture of Smaug like every day just on my bookshelf I just thought it'd look really nice as a tattoo but other than that the Hobbits are you know they're so-so films they're fun though yeah, I think just I think the length was what kind of put me off, especially like I think because I saw it in the, saw the second one in the cinema. It put me off going to the cinema for quite a while actually, just because <laughs> it was incredible. just I was just sat there for so long, and it's just yeah. The, I don't think it's I just think it was excessive, and I think that's, I think I have a real problem with it personally. It's just films that are too long. The the thing is, I've I've heard of like I've I've actually done the Lord of the Rings uh, full day marathon with the extended editions. And for some, How many hours is that? Twelve, maybe. For some absurd reason, I think we started at about goodness it must have been like 3 p.m which is not the right time the to worst start. time to start a 12 hour marathon yeah you really need to start at like 10 a.m you want to you want to be completely dead by the end i remember i had about three monster energy drinks and i still fell asleep by the end of it but it is doable and i totally recommend it as something to try if you really want to like put your brain through hell and it does it does feel like a lot happens obviously loads happens in that 12 hours but i've heard of people attempting the full peter jackson marathon Start yeah. to finish the three hobbits and then the three Lord of the Rings. That must be nearing twenty four or twenty odd hours. That though, is surely. just you just must ruin your mind. <laughs> It'd be so unenjoyable by the end. I don't know, it's how good's the last I think if the, the last one was good. I think is the Lord of the Rings better than the Hobbit? I've never seen the Lord of the Rings. Oh, this is this is oh now we're talking. You've never seen Lord of the Rings. No. I, I have one other friend who's never seen Lord of the Rings. You know you need to sit down, do a marathon together. <laughs> I think that. May, do you reckon the marathon's the best way to go into watching it? Oh, that's what? probably the worst way to go into watching it. <laughs> well, maybe maybe watching them individually, but really getting them in your mind. Lord of the Rings are great, but the, I, th- I can't remember what show it is. Oh, Clerks. You ever seen Clerks? No. It's a gr- great little black and white 
film by Kevin Kevin James, I think. Yeah, and they, they no, do, it's, no, it's Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Kevin James it. is the one who's in all the Am Sandler films. Oh yeah, he's just oh he's, like, he's Paul Blart Walker. Yeah, he's just he's terrible. <laughs> Forget Kevin James. He's just a bad actor. <laughs> but Ke- Kevin Kevin Smith, he um. In in the Clerks films, they do a they do a good a good little impression of what the Lord of the Rings films are, and it's just a man stood up, walk walk walk, pick up ring, walk walk walk, walk walk walk, Uber in a field, walk walk walk, got the ring again, and it's something along those lines. There is so much walking; they do just kind of go on forever and ever and ever through film through fields and fields and fields, <laughs> and the ring goes around, and it's it's good though, it's good stuff. <laughs> like a Harry, it's like the walk. That's also something about the films. It's just when it's just movement, like walk, that kind of thing. It's like <laughs> Harry Potter, the first Deathly Hallows. Saw that in the cinema. Have you seen that before? Uh, I I think I have not in the cinema. That though. film was a hundred percent walking. <laughs> just walk, 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 fight some people. Walk, 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 fight a bit more. Build up for the second film, and then just. It's like the essence of a film is that it should be a journey, not that the film should just be about a journey. <laughs> the film should take you on a journey through the character's feelings, not just you watch the characters go on a journey and hopefully you have some feelings. <laughs> yeah, talk of journeys, I took a very weird journey yesterday that was horrific when I went to see Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> oh, I, I promise you the story actually outside, but I didn't want to get your honest reaction about this. I um, left the cinema just before it started to go to the toilet. All right, and just uh, was in a bit of a hurry, obviously, before the film starts. Yeah. So I went into the toilet I saw, went inside, uh, went to, in the cubicle, turned around just as I was going to the cubicle, oh, saw goodness. some woman walk in, oh. turned around, walked straight out again. So I obviously <laughs> closed the door, thought that's really weird, actually. So it's a funny story to tell. <laughs> I, was, I went to the toilet, and then a woman walked into the male toilet, <laughs> thought for a second, looked straight down, saw it have one of the bins for feminine hygiene products. Oh goodness! I was in the women's toilet. <laughs> It was, you know, it was. It was. It was just. My heart was just. It just sank, and I sort of left as fast as I could and went in the men's instead. And I was honestly expecting to walk out of the men's toilet, see the woman, and then two burly security men oh, feel God. the hand on my shoulder and just be forcibly ejected from view. What's even funny about that? I remember last time I saw you, you were telling me how one of your fears is that in the. Is it the Simon Building? Yeah, in the Simon Building at the University of <laughs> Manchester, they have gender-neutral toilets. And my honest-to-God biggest fear in life is that I'll go in them one day and they'll change them back to female toilets and I'll just be in the middle of a female <laughs> That's toilet. That's why I don't understand about gender-neutral toilets in at the uni, why not all of them are. Like, why yeah. just one in the SU and one in the Simon Building and nowhere else? Why not just everything gender-neutral? It makes so much more sense. Yeah, it did make me sort of think about it afterwards when I was st- walking out why I suddenly thought of that. But it was just very weird. I don't know why I didn't look at the sign. Yeah, I always think, do you think, you know, in the library on, like, first floor when the male toilet's on the left and the female's on the right, if they change them both to gender-neutral, do you think people would still, out of pure habit, still go in the same ones? I don't know. I, was just, I, thought they almost, say, I bet you would. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I thought, I thought you were going to say then what would happen if, if they changed the si- signs to how people would reckon would notice or just do it out of habit yeah. and suddenly you would just catch people out. But Yeah, yeah. It'd, no. be, it'd be strange, wouldn't it? It'd be strange. But no, that was... Um, yeah, no, it was just... The feeling when I was just inside the cubicle was just... <laughs> it's a feeling I've never... F- f- did, you, just, did you pop your head over to make sure the coast no, was No, I just clear. left as soon as physically possible. <laughs> I but if I started sticking my head over cubicles, it might have looked even weirder. Yeah, I remember when I, when I used to work at Weatherspoon, I had to go into the women's toilet for something once, just like I get a plunger out of the cupboard, and I was like, "Am I meant to just go in? Am I meant to go in with someone?" So I asked, this, I asked this old lady next to me, I was like, "Can you come in with me, please?" That sounds worse. Yeah, I know. I was like. I just need to grab some. I don't want to seem weird. Like, obviously, I was the only person in spoons and a shirt and tie, but I was like, is this going to look strange? 
Yeah, weird. One thing I do want to talk about, when I was on the way here, I was on Twitter, and I saw some exciting news about the Pirates of the Caribbean. Have you heard this? I have not heard this. They are rebooting Pirates of the Caribbean, and Johnny Depp is out. Johnny Depp is out? He is no longer Captain Jack Sparrow. Is that because his life has fallen apart in recent years? Well, I don't know, I, I thought that for a bit, but he is still in the new um, Harry Potter one. Ah, they haven't got rid of him from that. And I'm pretty sure he's signed on for the sequel as well. Yeah, you know he's in a band... <laughs> Yeah, the band's called something weird, isn't it? Yeah, he's with a there's a f- quite a famous singer as the as the lead singer. But yeah, he's he lives an interesting life, Johnny Depp, and he I don't know if he he's had some ac- bad accusations about against him. Which I, are they true now? Uh, I think he signed something to say that they were sort of that true. Ne- no, I think the thing is that the whole thing was neither of them have lied. Oh right, and that's that t- is as interesting. Far as it went, and I think anything further would probably be libelous. Yeah, he um. Johnny Depp is one of those people that is just so unimaginably famous, you can't imagine what his life must be like. He's in a band called the uh, Hollywood Vampires yes, with Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, your boy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I think, yeah, I think that his, yeah, I don't know, he, I think he's, but to be fair, I think Pirates of the Caribbean really did put him back on the map again, though, didn't they? Yeah, really. He, he was great in Pirates of the Caribbean. Something I watched the other day was Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, which they put is, on Net- I've watched about half of that one put it back on Netflix. Yes, really nothing happens, but it's great. <laughs> in the entire film, they just, they, just, they just take this concoction of, oh, they take a lot of things, they take a lot of dangerous stuff, and they're just in Vegas going mental. And it's all based off truth. And yeah, his, Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, that, he, was, he was actually good friends with Hunter S. Thompson, Johnny Depp was. Yeah, because when the whole thing about his divorce <laughs> came out, do you read about that? No, I did not. It, basically, his whole thing about his divorce came out, and his sort of, the whole thing about his elaborate spending or whatever, <laughs> and how much money he spent on wine. And one of the best things of his ex- ridiculous purchases was that in um, Hunter S. Thompson's will, yeah. he'd requested that his ashes <clears throat> were fired out of a cannon, and then Johnny Depp had paid for like a cannon to be made, like an antique, or put an antique cannon, just for the sake of shooting his ashes out of a cannon. That is just ridiculous. How much did he spend on that? Mo- that I, don't know, I will look at in a minute. But a it, cannon, just to shoot <laughs> someone's ashes out of. Imagine if someone told you, "Guess what I've bought? A cannon." Why? <laughs> it is the most Johnny Depp thing ever, though. Yeah, but I do, I do think when you get to that level of fame that people like Johnny Depp and and uh, maybe Michael Jackson and even like Donald Trump now, it's just like your life just becomes. Just basically fiction. You don't know what's real and what's not. You're never going to guess how much he spent on this cannon. Am I going high or low? I'd go high. Particularly high? Not that high. Don't make it really high because it ruins the game. But... All right, 200k? Uh, $3 million. <laughs> <laughs> don't make it really high. To be fair, $2 million I thought was really high. $3 million? Oh, was it... Here it says it was... According was to the it... Daily Mirror, it was $5 million. Was it? Was it out of one of the... <laughs> was it was it a real pirate antique? Was oh, you it... can hear, you can see what the, the lawsuit here tells you what Johnny Depp has spent. It was three million to blast the author and close friend Hunter S. Thompson's ashes out of a cannon, like a specially it. made cannon. Eighteen million on a yacht, four million on a failed record label, thirty thousand a month on wine, twenty thousand a month Did you on say, private planes. Wait, slow, slow down. Did you say thirty thousand a month on wine? Wine, yeah. That's a grand a day. You realise that's a grand a day on wine. Right. All right. Say say we're going at the lowest point. So you're going to New Zealand wines. A grand a day on wine will get you about yeah, four thousand in- bottles a day. But I imagine he was getting one nice bottle of red. <laughs> With New Zealand wine, you can get two bottles of wine for five a can. Yeah, you? yeah. That's four thousand bottles a day. That's is that four thousand? No, why am I about? That's two hundred. Thirty thousand pounds divided by oh goodness, thirty thousand pounds divided by five. You get six thousand bottles of New Zealand wine that's for a, that money. That's a that that's some real ridiculous numbers. Why wine though? Why why would you spend so much money on wine? 
I'm sure if you, if you 30, well, a month. that is 45 uh, 4500 liters of wine <laughs> from New Zealand wine which is mental all right so 30,000 a month say like renting a nice looking place is about 400 400 dollars a month let's say that's like it's like 70 people you could home each month. That is mental. <laughs> what else did he spend money on? Just uh, the sort of, sort of saying about how much he spent on uh, round-the-clock security. Yeah. <laughs> round, to, to be fair, if I was Johnny Depp and I was going into an average little... little sh- I, you wouldn't go into shops, would you? You'd only go to nice restaurants. Definitely and, ordering online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how, do, how does he go shopping? He must just... To be, to be fair, he is the sort of guy that can really get a disguise going. He knows how. Oh, to, yeah. He knows how to. He suits a disguise almost. You could say. Well, he's yeah. very disguised in um, the film. What was it? He originally famous for the TV series. He was famous for oh. Twenty One Jump Street. You yeah, the film? yeah, the original Twenty One Jump Street. You seen Street. the film? What the modern, the modern yeah. film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously when he's in the end. Yeah, 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 disguise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought actually, to be fair, I think that's a very nice callback in that film. <laughs> yeah. really, so obviously, I, I think when I watched it, I think I watched my brother. And I'm not sure if he remet- knew that Johnny Depp was in there. He was really <laughs> confused when Johnny Depp came out. But I was like, oh, yeah, that's what makes sense. Right? Yeah, I do, I do like it when when there's a nice little cameo that you just don't see coming at all. <laughs> yeah, that. No, we were talking about the last week, weren't we? Yeah, with with. Weirdly enough, there is one of those in Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? There's yeah. a, there's a, I, oh, wait, someone told me there was a nice little cameo by someone. I don't want to know who, but... No, I won't spoil who it is, but <laughs> there is someone in it who you definitely wouldn't think was in it. Yeah. I don't know, if, I can, even if you saw the person, yeah, I did realise it was him because it says his name in the beginning credits, yeah. opening credits bit. So obviously I sort of knew he was in is it at it, some is, point. Is there anything you're looking forward to over the next few weeks then? Yeah, because we're not here next week, are we? No, we are not here next week. On reading week. Our so. avid listeners will have to yeah. wait a week to come back. What are we looking forward to? Uh, Widows is the next time. Really Widows, I've seen that advertised on every bus going. It is... Who's in that? It looks, uh, it Viola looks... Davis, whose name we couldn't remember last week. Yes, yes. Uh, Viola Davis, uh, Liam Neeson's in it. Is he still going? <laughs> Colin Farrell's in it. When was the last time Liam Neeson did a good film? I think... What last time? We didn't love Actually's good. Love Actually it was way over a decade ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I know, it? but that's the first Liam Neeson <laughs> film I thought of. <laughs> I will look it up. Um, the first t- Taken is all right. <laughs> yeah, I think I think before he did it to death, I think it was probably not that bad. The first Taken isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, Liam Neeson, he's, he's Schindler's List, isn't he? The Grey is probably not that bad. The, is that the one about the wolf? Yeah. Yeah. Never, 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 never struck me as something that appealed to me. No, apparently it's really good. Apparently, just it's a bit disappointing with the whole thing. Apparently, the trailer is nothing like the film. But yeah, I, weirdly I, enough, mm, mm, that's not always the worst thing in the world. But yeah, I actually quite look forward to seeing the new Halloween film. I think it looks. I think it looks pretty decent. I never realised that Liam Neeson's the voice for Aslan, the lion in *Lion, Witch and Wardrobe*, and the other ones. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see what you know. Weirdly, I, I know Aslan as a lion. I couldn't have told, couldn't have told you it was *Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe*. No, <laughs> I just thought lion. <laughs> well, it's not called. It's still the. What's that thing called? It's not called. What's the trilogy actually called? It's not the trilogy. Is it the series is called? Yeah. Oh. I think what it's called. Oh, *Chronicles of Narnia*. *Chronicles of Narnia*. Oh. I think the things, one they did were *Voyage of the Dawn Treader* and Prince Caspian with the other ones yeah, and I, and Wardrobe I've, never, one. I've ne- never read them nor watched them I've watched the I've watched Lion, Witch and Wardrobe before <laughs> I have a feeling that they're going to reboot that you think? I think they might and I'm not sure if it's Netflix doing it I've heard I might the, be completely wrong but I think I, I've heard I that I might be wrong on this I'm about to say but is there a new Jungle Book coming out or has just come out? they're making a Jungle Book 2 they did, they, have you not seen that? have you not seen I, the live I, action I, one? I've seen the live action one yeah, I really make, enjoyed that John Favreau's doing another one 
Oh. After, I think that's after he finishes doing is The he, Lion King. Yeah, is he the fellow that does, um, he does the Iron Man? Yeah, film. he did the first Iron Man. Yeah, he's got he's got Chef. Yeah, Chef. Yeah. I never saw Chef, but did he direct Chef as well? I'm uh, not entirely sure. Yeah, he's got quite a wide range in you know, set actually, of skills. Weirdly enough, I was actually going to bring that up anyway in the sort of news I looked up because he is directing a thing for Disney streaming service called Mandalorian, which is a Ooh. live action Star Wars series. Oh, which is, and I just looked at the budget. The budget for this is absolutely insane. How much? It's a hundred million dollars for ten episodes of something <laughs> that hasn't even come out yet. Like Game of Thrones are doing that kind of throwing that kind of money at it. But that's an established series those who are watching. This is brand new and they're doing that. Yeah, my, my friend's description of Game of Thrones is quite good. It's like you just took Skyrim, a load of sex, and just threw money at it. <laughs> and you, you come out with something amazing, clearly. But yeah, I just can't believe that for $10 million per episode of something that hasn't how, even come out yet. How long are the episodes? Like an hour long? I don't know. And also the fact it's not even going to be on telly or Netflix. It's on Disney's brand new streaming service. What's that going to be called? I don't even know. Why do, why, why do I feel like we're sponsored by them suddenly? Disney's brand new streaming service. Well, that's the thing. That's Check the, it out. Yeah, <laughs> that confused me about it how they're justifying doing this is they have no there's no sort of details about what it's even going to be all right so there's no no plot nothing just a director we and a hundred million dollars oh no there's a plot about the film it's the plot about the tv series it's called mandalorian it's based on a sort of minor character right. in thing and also it's the reason why they're shelving the boba fett film yeah. oh yeah i did hear about that getting shelved which is kind of sad because I love the Han Solo film so much. Yeah, actually, I, that's the reason why. That's the other reason why it's been canned is because that wasn't. Oh, it was you, very, wasn't very poorly received. It was just didn't do very well at the box. Yeah, day. it it was very good though. It was I I thought it was just incredibly fun throughout. I I, I like the ability to. I know it's it's completely set in a ma- massively fictional world, but I like that ability to slightly relate to a character. <laughs> no, I think I've sort of personally, I think I might have grown out of Star Wars a bit. I, think I sort of, I watched the Force Awakens and didn't go much on it. To oh, be honest. The, the thing is. I've I only watched the old the old old Star Wars like less than three years ago right. for the first time ever. So I think if you've only watched the first Star Wars when you're 18, you you're just as excited for the new ones coming out now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the other. Yeah, I think that I don't know. I just don't I just don't, don't really relate to it that much. Oh, it, oh not that, relate. I just the don't Han find Solo it as one. It's got, a, it was. it's got Amelia Clark in as well, and she's yeah. just the best looking woman to ever grace the screens. And obviously, he's in. He's got the little romance going with her. And I was like, I would love to be him in this. He looks like he's the coolest guy. Han does. Solo. The one part <laughs> that did look good is Donald Glover. He is good. He is amazing well. in everything. You know, no relation to Danny Glover. Really? Yes. I, I wouldn't have. Well. I don't know. I've never, th- I've, ne- I've never linked the two in my head. Before. I always had. I always just presumed Danny Glover from what does he do? Die Le- hard. Lethal Weapon. Oh, Die die, hard. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Le- That's a that is a cardinal sin there. Getting Lethal Weapon yeah. mixed with a Die Hard. Very different films. <laughs> yeah, I always just presumed they, they father and son, but but clearly not. Just no. in, just a rumor the internet came up with. But they they they're both great in it. The lad who plays Han and yeah, Glover. He was yeah. like a brand new. He was pretty new, wasn't he? The guy who's playing Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, didn't, I, 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 I never heard of him. When before. I heard it being announced, the casting, I'd never heard of the guy before. Yeah, he's very good, isn't he? He's very good. Anyway, we better wrap this up for the day. Let's get out of here. Yeah, hope you've all enjoyed the show. We'll, we'll see you in two weeks' time. <laughs> two weeks' time. See you in a bit, guys. Yeah, goodbye.